The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, as we were speaking earlier, President Ramaphosa last night outlining government strategy in rolling out coronavirus vaccines. Professor of Vaccinology at Wits University, Professor Shabir Madi, joins me on the line. Good morning and thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Yesterday, of course, we heard uh, more details in terms of uh, South Africa's vaccine plan. Twenty more, twenty million more vaccines expected to come on board in the first half of the year. Uh, do you have any more details around how this is going to work? Where these vaccines are going to be coming from? So it would appear that the bulk of the new of these additional doses of vaccine are and above the one point five million. Are doses that are going to be procured through the COVAX facility. Uh, as you are aware, South Africa had prescribed for enough vaccine for up to 10% of the population through the COVAX facility, and that would be roughly about 12 million doses. So I think that forms the bulk of the 20 million that will become available, in addition to which the government has possibly been successful in increasing its uh, procurement through, through bilaterals. I'm not too sure exactly with which companies, uh, but that is the only way that you can really reconcile those numbers. I think it would be really useful for government to start outlining exactly what the sources of the vaccine is, so it becomes less of an issue to debate. Mm. Professor Madi, what do you know about the AU vaccine initiative? So, uh, in fact, very little. And I think this is an initiative uh, which I'm not too sure how it would differ from the COVID facility. Uh, because at the end of the day, the COVID facility was really designed to assist uh, low-income countries and especially those in Africa to be able to secure vaccine at an early stage. So it appears to be another initiative, uh, but again, I'm not too sure what the value add of that initiative would be over and above the COVID facility, mm. and most importantly, what the funding mechanism would be to enable for that sort of uh, initiative to be successful. Mm. It comes at a time where we have had some African countries also uh, try and procure vaccines through private funders. You take a country like Kenya, they've managed to secure about uh, 24 million doses of vaccine. So a program like that, can we really pin our hopes on what it can deliver in terms of vaccines for South Africa? While, you know, the, the general impression is that most countries seem to be going it alone and these group initiatives are somewhat of a fallback plan. Yeah, and I think it's sort of wishful thinking that an AU initiative is going to be any more successful than a COVAX facility because Mm -hmm. the AU simply doesn't have the financial muscle to be able to follow it through. Uh, So, again, it's sort of an initiative that needs to provide detail in terms of how it plans to do the bilaterals with manufacturers as well as what the funding mechanism is. Uh, The COVAX facility is fairly open in terms of how that model works. Uh, For South Africa, I think it would be reckless uh, to now fall into another trap of trying to enter into another multilateral initiative, which has got very little potential to be able to gain adequate access to large quantity of vaccine over a short period of time. I Mm. think the focus needs to be bilaterals with companies, even though we're fairly late in that game as well. You, you know, when we look at the, the, the situation, Professor Madi, there have been lots of questions in this moment around why it is that South Africa 
or is, you know, a host, home, hosting a pharmaceutical companies, of course, that are producing vaccines. And yet we don't seem to be on the list of any of those vaccines and that they're all going to be exported. Um, and, and it may have been that way by design. But do you see that as a, as a lost opportunity for us? Uh, it's not, it's not, it doesn't uh, evolve to be that way by design. It's evolved that way because of the unfortunate lack of strategy on the part of government mm. to have engaged with that particular company at an early stage when that announcement was made. In South Africa, this facility was going to be at least a full and finished facility for a specific vaccine. When that announcement was made, that's when government should have been engaging aggressively with a company to make sure that it gains access of that vaccine should it be successful. Unfortunately, until very recently, government has mainly been focused on the COVID facility. And that was a complete mistake in terms of its strategy. We're in conversation with Professor Shabir Madi. He's the Professor of Vaccinology at Wits University. We'll continue our conversation after the latest news headlines. Of course, you can get in touch with us on 011-714-2006. The SMS line is 41391 on WhatsApp 0614-104-107 and on Twitter. It's at SFM Radio. The hashtag is SFM Talking Point. We're talking about the issue of vaccines, but I also want you uh, to weigh in on funerals. The president describing them last night as a death trap. How are you responding to um, having to not go to funerals? What, it, what is it that you're having to say to some of your loved ones and your family members? Nandika Bjorkas is standing by with your 930 headlines. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Thanks for staying with us on The Talking Point. We're in conversation with Professor Shabir Madi. He's a professor of vaccinology at Wits University. We're talking about the latest announcements when it comes to the procurement of a vaccine and, you know, just the what the president has said over where South Africa is going to get these 20 million additional doses in the first part of the year. Professor Madi, one of the other things that seems to be lacking in detail is around the funding mechanism for the procurement of these vaccines. Now, last week, Dr. Bongise Niglomo, who is the committee chairperson of the Health Portfolio Committee in Parliament, said they were going to call for a meeting with the finance minister to find out from Treasury how South Africa's efforts to procure vaccine are going to be funded. There doesn't seem to be a level of confidence that everybody's on the same page here. Yes, and for me, it's absolutely mind-boggling that we're having a discussion about a funding of vaccines, which is going to cost in the region of just about 10 billion rand at this late stage of the game. Uh, last year, the cost of the COVID, the reaction to the COVID-19 pandemic in South Africa last year has cost the fiscal 328 billion rand. And for us now to be figuring out where we're going to get 10 billion rand without recognizing mm. that if we do not upon getting vaccines in as soon as possible in large enough quantity, we're probably going to have another shortfall of 300 billion rand during the course of this year. So it's truly mind-boggling that these discussions in terms of the financing of the vaccine is taking place at such a late stage uh, of the game. Right now, the focus should have been vaccinating people and immunizing people and not about where we're going to get a vaccine and how we're going to fund those vaccines. Those discussions should have taken place last year in August and September and not 
in January 2021. Professor Madi, by and large, government had been praised for its handling of COVID-19. And yes, there may have been critique along the way, but there was certainly a sense that um, officials knew what they were doing, that the country was on top of the situation. One doesn't get that sense right now. Where do you think things began to unravel in the way that we're seeing them? Now, when it comes to vaccines, unfortunately, my take on it is that uh, the government, the National Department of Health, the administrators within the National Department of Health, that are responsible for ensuring that South Africa gained early access to vaccine, have pretty much dropped the ball, and they haven't been on top of things. Uh, they've made miscalculations. They were more focused on the COVID facility, which we always knew we weren't going to get more enough vaccine for more than 10% of the population. And mm-hmm. paradoxically, it's more expensive for South Africa to procure vaccines through the COVID facility. Uh, in fact, about two to three times more expensive than procuring vaccine directly from the manufacturers. So there's been a number of uh, strategic errors uh, on the part of administrators, in addition to which is particularly unhelpful when you have senior members in the Ministerial Advisory Committee, the chair himself, who basically changes the position from on one Friday saying that uh, the public is being misled that COVID-19 vaccines will bring the pandemic to an end. And 72 hours later, uh, the minister is saying that uh, we need to vaccinate 67% of the population by the end of 2021 uh, to control the pandemic and to get herd immunity. So that sort of mixed messaging by senior people simply doesn't assist in terms of gaining public confidence with regard to the importance of COVID-19 vaccines and Mm. it being the only route of an exit from this crisis in the near future. Professor Madi, I'm going to take a quick question from Galanga in Durban. Galanga, good morning to you. Compliments, uh, Casey and Prof. How are you? Uh, Well, thank you. Go for it. Yeah, Prof. My question is academic rather than being technical. Uh, I wanted to check with you as to uh, who develops uh, more antibodies and therefore a strong immune response between a person who is infected for the second time uh, by COVID-19 and a person who is uh, immunized or vaccinated against uh, COVID-19. Yeah, so I think that's a really uh, important question. So even with natural infection, there is a gradient. There are differences in terms of the robustness of the immune response. So individuals that have a mild infection, as an example, they in fact have a milder immune response and individuals that have a more severe disease, that have recovered from more severe disease. Now, the difference with vaccines is that vaccines are much more predictable uh, than natural infection in terms of the repertoire of the immune response that is induced. So unlike with natural infection where you've got a gradient uh, in terms of immune response depending on the severity of infection, with vaccines it becomes more predictable. Uh, So vaccination generally will induce uh, better, more robust immunity than mild infection or asymptomatic infection and probably comparable type of immunity relative to what one would uh, experience uh, if one has developed severe disease. Uh, But you don't want to develop severe disease uh, to develop immunity because that's obviously high risk and you might not actually survive. Uh, So the summary of it is that the reason why COVID-19 vaccines are particularly important is that it does induce a much more predictable antibody response. And then there's the issue about the duration of the immunity. Uh, And right now we don't know, but we we estimate that in all likelihood, either by natural infection or vaccine-induced immunity, 
it would probably last for about two to three years. All right. Thanks for that, Professor Madi. A question from Ngalanga there in Durban. Uh, just before I let you go, one of the big issues that we're seeing now, of course, is the situation that is unfolding in Gauteng with hospitals becoming under increasing pressure. Your own sense of what the next couple of weeks will look like for the province? Unfortunately, we have not as yet peaked in Gauteng and we're likely to peak in about uh, three to four weeks from now, uh, probably by early February. So I think what we're seeing right now is a rapid escalation in terms of hospitalizations as well as an increase in the number of people that are dying on a day-to-day basis. And that is set to continue for at least the next two to three weeks. And then we probably will remain at that high level for another two weeks before the pandemic, before this particular wave starts subsiding in Gauteng. So I think we're in an extremely difficult space in Gauteng and we need to brace ourselves for a difficult next few weeks. All right. All right. Professor Shabir Madi there. He's a professor of vaccinology at Wits University. Let me thank you so much uh, for your time and for coming onto the show this morning. So there you have it then. Not a great deal of confidence or even reviews um, for the government in terms of how the procurement of this vaccine, the process, how it has unfolded. Um, how are you feeling about it? Do you have a sense that government is on top of the situation? Um, And and I know that there are lots of people in South Africa. And we look at the surveys that have been conducted who uh, some are indifferent to a vaccine. Some say, well, I actually won't even bother taking a vaccine. And some, of course, have said that they will take a vaccine. So this conversation around the vaccine, um, how does it affect you personally? Are you one of those that is waiting for it to arrive in the country and uh, quite frankly are just waiting for the opportunity to be vaccinated and do you get a sense that government has handled or is handling the situation as well as it can be or are there some blunders that seem to be happening? One certainly uh, does get the sense uh, especially when uh, you look at the procurement of vaccine. It's still, it, you know, it, it still baffles my mind. The president was also the one that made the announcements, the health minister made the announcements around the production of some of these vaccines in South Africa. How there were no negotiations for any batches to stay in the country. It's just, I, I don't get it. I, I, I really, really struggle to understand how the situation has become what it is today. Uh, Lorenko Dunn on social media says, South Africa is being sold a vaccine produced in South Africa. Just wait and see. Gold and diamonds mined are being sold back to us in a different form. Um, yeah, interesting take on this particular issue. So I'll be taking your calls and your SMSs. And we're also talking about funeral this morning. How are you navigating that space with your family and with your loved ones when it comes to not being able to attend funerals? I'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006. The SMS line is 41391 and on WhatsApp 0614-104107. You can also